You know the difference between hockey and those other sports? You gotta be tough to be a hockey I idolized Dominic Kaczyk. I played goalie because of Dominic Kaczyk. My life in hockey has been started because of Sabres hockey. I didn't need playoffs this year. I wanted it, but I didn't need it. But when you screw up for the fans as much as this team has over the last, like, five years, and just don't hold yourself accountable, I'm sorry. I'll hang up and listen. I'm sorry. Welcome to Two Goalies, One Mike, an in-depth look and behind-the-mask conversation about the greatest game on earth, where everything goes and nothing's off-limits. Now I'll tell you something about this guy. This is only three minutes, eh? Whammo! Welcome, everybody, to I'll Hang Up and Listen. I am Dwayne, the host of Two Goalies, One Mike, joined by producer Steve after an eighth straight miserable to watch loss from the Buffalo Sabres to the Toronto Maple Leafs, five to two. The dark guy was right. Uh, and we're also left just sitting here, just shaking our heads. And, you know, it's the same old Sabres from the previous three weeks. It's just like, you know, no physical play, no urgency, no desperation. You know, I, you know, I, I just, I, I really don't know what to think anymore. Where has the team from October gone uh, to say the least? And I'm just sick and tired of watching guys puck watch, puck watching, puck watching, puck watching. That's all this blue line does. If your name isn't Owen Power and Ra- or Rasmus Dahlin, that's all you do is puck watch. I mean, Steve, you brought it up uh, before we went live that, you know, Henry Yokihari was probably responsible for three of the goals. Yeah. Uh, just uh, constantly out of position, constantly a step behind the play because he's fucking watching the play instead of being an active part of it. Uh, and, you know, don't get me wrong. I love watching hockey, but if I were playing hockey, I'd have to Ugh. play hockey watch. But, yeah, um, once again, I mean, you know, there were definitely – again, this is another one of those situations where, you know, although the score sheet would say otherwise, just in basic terms, you can't pin this particular loss on UPL. He came up pretty big on a couple quality chances, you know, in all alone. You know, he uh, – yeah. For his first outing in the NHL of the year, he uh, he, there were definitely some moments that could have shifted momentum where it could have just been like okay. a seven seven two game instead, and he kept us in it. Uh, but yeah, I mean, he just like uh, what happens to him in Rochester sometimes. He got very little to no relief from the blue line, and again, that comes in part to uh, having your two most talented defensemen paired together. And then the uh, last two pairings are just kind of fed to the wolves um you know uh i think it was i think it was a bryson and yoki Har- or was it bryson labushkin then yoki Har haru fitzgerald or was it just i i don't even know but just any combination of those four players together was just simply not going to get it done um and it was just, it was just endlessly fucking frustrating and uh, you know i mean you know, the offenseman, you know, obviously the line you want to see showed up, showed up. You know, I mean, Alex Tuck gets that first goal. But, of course, that was also off a nice shot from Cousins, who, again, I was saying in our previous show earlier today, was has been feeling a little bit snake bitten. He's had a couple unlucky bounces go off his skates and his sticks. Um, and, yeah, if he doesn't rip that shot and do something different on the power play, then rather than just 
feed Tage Thompson for another one-timer, that goal doesn't go in. And he tries something different, and it actually paid off. I mean, granted, we're talking about two goals on 20 power plays in the last four games, I think, was something that was quoted. So let's not get too fucking excited. But, hey, you don't always have to give the give the puck to Tage to score a goal on the power play. That, that plan works, but it only works if everyone doesn't know that that's exactly what the fuck you're going to do every single time. It becomes predictable. Everyone's yeah, going to be able you to saw, defend it. You're just going to lose. You saw a couple times Murray was ready for it. Um, yeah. Something has to be dr- done dramatically to fix the blue line and your special teams on this team. And, you know, I look at guys like Matt Ellis, who's behind the bench with Granado. It's just like, you know, I, I Matt Ellis is a hardworking player. I'm sure there is some respect, a respect level there in the locker room for him. Um, you know, Donnie's come a long way with, with that group of assistants. But at what point do you call, you know, call up Michael Pekka to be an assistant on this bench? Because he's had a lot of success in special teams. He's had a lot of success, you know, offensively uh, down in Rochester in development. And he's a good hockey mind. And, you know, I would love to see him more around a guy like Dylan Cousins a lot more because I've said it on this show and two goals on Mike so many times. Dylan Cousins reminds me a lot of Michael Pekka. And if you can get that guy to help further develop a, you know, a player that shows a lot of, not just shows a lot of promise, but shows a lot of characteristics that you played with throughout your career, then I don't understand, you know, why that would hurt. Like, I mean, I know you want that guy down in Rochester as well, working with, working with the young talent, uh, you know, talent that you're very familiar with. But it's just, it's becoming mind-numbing to watch the same shit, the same old Sabres every single game. You're puck-watching. Your 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 the defensemen are allowing the forwards to get behind them. You're you're not controlling your gaps. You're uh you're playing with a I I, I know people are gonna say that I'm sexy. You're playing with a person in front of the net, man. You are not playing a physical game of hockey at all, and it's it's becoming infuriating to see guys just have their way with us in front of our own net. And I'm not even talking about the offensive the defensive zone. It's just it's it's mind numbing. So when does this end? Like it. You losing Samuelson for an extended amount of time, it shouldn't be this bad. You should be able to play and you know, you know, still be successful and win hockey games without Matthias Samuelson. It's it's so fucking infuriating. And to lay an egg again, we said this on episode 110 earlier today. You know, you're staring eight losses in a row directly in the face, and it's against a rival, a team that you know, you usually come very energized to play against. You had a huge win against them at the end of the season last year in the Winter Classic, and you come in here and you lay a fucking egg. After that first shift, you saw Tage Thompson dancing around the puck, created a great scoring chances. Sometimes he, I feel like he's the only one that comes ready to play, and at least offensively, and it's 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 disgusting. Yeah, um, you know, uh, again, I I didn't have too many complaints with uh, a. You know, the first two lines of the forward core, obviously. Uh, you know, Tage Thompson came to play. There was that one particular instance where he just had, like, three dangles in a row and still got a shot off with two people crowding him. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I mean, I mean I've, I've seen, I've seen uh, multiple tweets at this point that, you know, guys like Casey Middlestad and Victor Olofsson are getting more ice time than Krebs, Quinn, Paterka, Asplund, like it, it just doesn't make sense 
white guys, both from an eye test perspective and an analytics perspective, who are just not doing well, are getting prioritized ice time, that are getting those looks, and are being deployed in situations where, like, some offense is of a desperate need. When it's very clear, again, from both sides of the aisle, like the numbers nerds and the eye test people, we bought, we all agree. The, the Victor Olison Casey middle stat doesn't matter who you put in between them combo is just fundamentally not working. It wasn't working when it was Asplund, wasn't working when it was Krebs. It, it's just not working. So why are they getting so much ice time in this equation? And like, I know the fourth line is trying to find a new identity right now, which is right now. Shayan Asplund and uh, Hinnestroza, uh, with you know, with both Gergensons and Akposo out, Tyson Joe's got picked up, because, and which and that kind of rings a bell to me that one or both of those, you know, assistant captains and captain respectively are going to be out for a little longer than we'd like. Uh, but you can't like, you know, two of our three defensive pairs can't be this much of a liability, and half of our forward lines cannot just barely show up. Like, again, I thought Cousins, I, Cousins, Quinn, and Paterka, I thought they looked great. Again, they're still, they're having a lot of quality chances. They're, they're still just not translating to the score sheet, but like, that's not from a lack of trying. They're doing the things you want them to do. And more often than not, they're doing them well. They're just, you know, they're not getting that luck right now. And it will come because these are, those are three highly skilled players. And obviously, you know, Tage Thompson is playing out of his fucking mind, just like he did last year. I got no complaints there. You know, Skinner's doing those things that you want to see him do. He's getting close to the net. He's getting under people's skin. He's pissing people off. You know, he's getting thrown into the wall by Matthews. So clearly he's getting under Matthews' skin. Uh, Matthews was conveniently uh, not a goal scorer tonight. That was nice. Uh, so thankfully, uh, one of our predictions was right, that Matthews didn't get energized tonight. Dylan Cousins did a little bit. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, again, this just all comes down to two-thirds of our defensive pairs are just bad or tremendously bad. And there needs to be an insertion of somebody new because clearly, like, the depth that we have is just not going to get it done. Like, it doesn't matter if it's Pilot. doesn't matter if it's Bryson. doesn't matter if it's, you know, Fitzgerald. It doesn't matter who – it's just not working. Like Joker and Labushkin need to be a third line pairing. I don't care that they're both right handers, but neither one of those guys is a second pairing guy. You got to you they, got they got to figure it out. Up. You have you have to have to have to split up uh, Dalian and Power. It has yeah, to Yeah, you just you cannot do it. It's just I mean, and I'm not an analytics guy. Again, we all know that, but I'm looking at uh Anthony from Die by the Blade his latest tweet and the expected goals for for power and Dalian on the ice together was over 50%. Everyone else was around 32%. Like, do you, do you put Yoki Haru back with Dalian because there's some familiarity there? I mean, again, I, I, I'm i a guy who, you know, at what point do you, as Kevin Adams say, I have to shake things up here and I have to make a deal? Because going to get Tyson Yost to be on your bottom line isn't a deal that's going to shake things up. Maybe it maybe it takes a guy out of your lineup that maybe you don't want there. I mean that obviously means both Gerg because you see both Tage and Tuck wearing A's. That means uh Gergensons and Akposo are probably out for the foreseeable future. Um and that creates a lot of opportunity for other players. It should. 
Um, yeah. I would love to see them bring up Murray uh, to add some edge to this lineup. You know, give him 10 minutes a night. See what he does with it. You know, um, granted it was development camp, but he showed some some flashes of development camp. Me and you were both there to see it. Like, yeah. and if anything, like you said, you add a hungry guy to your lineup, a guy who's going to go out there and maybe inspire some passion and some, you know, and like motivate some of these players, because right now it's not happening. It's, it's literally, literally, literally embarrassing. Like so embarrassing. Yeah. Uh, you know, you can't win a game when 11 of the 18 people go out there. I, I, my, my, my mistake, nine of the 18 people you dress to skate show up to play a game of hockey. That's the starting two lines of forwards mm-hmm. and a single pair of defensemen and your goalie. Again, I don't put this on UPL. Yes, I realize he let in five goals, but he let in five goals with little to no help whatsoever from the defensemen who are supposed to be there to try to make sure those kinds of golden fucking silver platter opportunities don't happen in the first place. That's the problem. You know, and and again, it doesn't matter who you are. Like Dominic Hoshka is probably letting in three that night if that's the fucking defense in front of him. Yep. Like, good lord! Like, come on. Yeah. Like, what and do you, want? Like, I, I, you know, I tweeted out during the game. Like, maybe this is a game where you would have wanted to start Craig for the exact reasons that Jason gave us earlier in episode one ten that he's always played lights out against them. Granted, I still don't think you win tonight, but I I don't I just don't agree with feeding UPL to this team. Uh, his first game in. You know, that's, that's a, that's a tall ask for a guy who, you know, while had flashes in the NHL last year, um, still has been inconsistent uh, to say the least. And I, I just, I didn't, I don't agree with him being in net tonight um, against this team. You get, you should have gave this game to Andy. And then when you come back home, you give UPL a start at, at home in front of a, in front of a, like a crowd that maybe he might feel a little bit more comfortable playing in front of. For his first start of the season, that's just my opinion. I yeah. uh, I didn't like putting him in the spot you did there, Donnie. Just another mistake on his part, um, and there are a lot of mistakes too, just from the from the from the GM from the GM office down to the to the bench. It's you know I I look at deals. I mean, you see a team for like Vancouver who's vocally open for business to make a deal to improve their team. Um, they aren't hiding it. They want to make some moves to shake things up. And that's a team I think Buffalo should be on the phone with hundred percent. Again, I don't know offhand uh, what players are in fact, you know, available outside of. I'm I'm, I'm pretty sure the quote was, uh, if I'm not mistaken, I think he pretty much said like, Pedersen and Hughes are the only two untouchables. Yeah, the only two guys that are – He's willing to hear a conversation about just about anybody else in the lineup. Yeah, but if I'm making a deal – like I'm not making a deal for a guy who, once you're healthy, is going to be out of your lineup. I need to make a deal for a guy who's going to come in and he's going to like be in your lineup once Samuelson is back or be in your lineup even when Akposo and Gergensen are back. A guy who's going to have an immediate impact. You need to shake things up here. Like you need as as a coach and as a GM, you need to show this line that that type of effort is inexcusable and it's not going to be and it's not going to be tolerated. And who is like who are the guys? And again, you know, we always go back to guys like Casey Middlestep, even though he scored another goal tonight. Like it's a guy who next year, I think, has has a tough time uh, making this lineup. Just my opinion. Yeah. Um, 
it's uh yeah, it's tough to say, especially with the uh with the wealth of offensive talent that's gonna be quickly be coming through the pipeline. I mean, some of them right now are uh, cooking pretty hard in uh Cooking pretty hard in Rochester. I think uh, Isaac Rosin and Yuri Kulik both, as of tonight, have eight points on the season uh, in like barely a dozen games. Uh, so you know, for and those are two rookies in the AHL, by the way. Uh, so you know, real young kids. Obviously, they got to put some size and some years on those legs. But you know, they're both producing at the AHL AHL level, which is like the next best thing in, mm-hmm. to the to the show. Uh, you know, obviously Matthew Savoy is just absolutely fucking cooking. Noah Oslin's doing just fine overseas. Uh, around 2025, there's going to be a small bus full of fucking Russians to worry about that might be able to come stateside. Victor Nuchev could be taking Victor Olison's job and every team in the universe. Like, yeah, like, I mean, as far as the followers are concerned, yes, there's a, you know, a wealth of riches and any one of those dudes could be kicking guys like, you know, Casey Middlestat, Vinny, Vinny Anastrosa's, Victor Olofsson's just kicking those guys to the curb because, you know, one, these guys are on ELCs, and two, they just might be better hockey players overall. I, uh, but, yeah, I mean, the, the defensive death in our system is just it's just not quite there right now. And I, no, and I, I, that's the thing is I think you need to bring in somebody who, again, will be more than just a guy who – is a band-aid there and there's 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 players out there to be had there is you know uh, you know when i look up and down um the lineup for vancouver and i know i mentioned it, you didn't really agree with it before but a guy like tyler marge he's got one year remaining on his deal if you can get vancouver to eat half that contract why not like luke shen a guy who has honestly been very serviceable for for a number of years he's got you know this season, you know, seven points in 18 games. But he's a stay-at-home defenseman, uh, plays a heavy game, six foot two, 37 minutes in penalties. You know, he's not a type of guy who's going to allow you to have take liberties in front of your net. Um, I don't, I, you know, again, I don't watch a guy like Tyler Myers uh, as often as he did when he was in Buffalo. You know, I, you know, I, I kind of check up on him here and there. But also, he's not having a terrible season in terms of he's not an offensive dynamo like he was projected to be after winning the Calder Trophy his rookie season. But, you know, he's a serviceable guy with one year left on his deal. If you can get Vancouver to eat half that contract, you're paying $33 million for the next two years. Why the hell not? It's it's better than what you have right now in your bottom six. It just is. I mean, who and who's who's going to be the next guy – you know, who, like, who, who's it going to be, you know, next year? Like, who's pushing to make this lineup? Is it Jacob Bryson? No. I, like, I'm done with the Jacob Bryson. He's undersized, and I just – he gets pushed around way too much. Casey Fitzgerald, same exact thing, just at a lower level. We're gonna, Are we going to expect Ryan Johnson? If, even if he signs, nobody knows if he's actually going to sign. Is he supposed to be the saving grace? Is Lake, uh, Lake, Lake Sinan supposed to be their saving grace? Like, I don't know. Definitely like, not Loxon. whatever. I don't care. I don't even yeah. care how to pronounce his name. It's just, you know, it's. Yeah, it's, no, he's not the answer. <laughs> you know, he's not. And not uh, it's for me, it's just like you have to go out and make a deal for a guy who is more than just a band aid. And I, I just, none of these guys, you know, in, in the minors, at least next year, are going to be pushing to make this team. They're just not. So what do you do? Do you continue to allow yourself to get bullied in your own end? Do you continue to allow yourself to 
have guys go out there and go through the motions, use their sticks as windshield wipers and puck watch game after game after game, doing things that you should learn not to do in travel hockey, and they're doing it here at the professional level? Like, what do you do? Yeah. Uh, obviously, something's got to change on that blue line. And, uh, I, yeah, I mean, Vancouver's made it very clear that they're open for business, but I feel like pretty much any team that's facing some sort of legitimate cap trouble um, would also theoretically be open to business. At least right now, there are still to this moment, you know, at least 10 teams that are, you know, above the threshold of where you can be at the cap. Um, so I don't know, you know, maybe, maybe put a little pressure on some of them, you know, maybe some of the ones that are struggling more than they want to be, you know, I mean, you, you see a team like, you know, maybe, maybe you can pick somebody. I don't even know. I I'm, I'm just looking at some teams here that might, and, and, and that's, that just brings me back to why it's so frustrating that like when two teams that made it clear that, the, that they have more, decent defenseman than they know what to do with put a guy like Ethan bear or Mike Riley on the waiver. Why they don't get claimed is beyond me because you could have had them for fucking nothing. I mean, granted Ethan bear went for a fifth round pick uh, to yeah. Vancouver, no less, uh, but and he's, and he's playing in their lineup. Granted, they're struggling just as much as we are. Maybe they're on an eight game losing streak. And <laughs> they, they just won yeah. recently against us. But I mean, I have a guy just commenting on, on Twitter right now, Tyler Myers. No, it's a terrible take. Why? Why is it a terrible take? Because tell me who on this team not named uh, Rasmus Dahlin or Owen Power that he wouldn't be an upgrade for. Yoki, how are you? Are you kidding me? At $3 million a year, if they would be willing to eat that eat, eat half of his contract, I would absolutely bring him back to Buffalo for the remainder of this season and next season. Why the hell not? Worst case scenario, you trade him at the deadline. Like whatever, whatever. I just, I, I, I don't see, you know, why you're not making a deal. And not, I'm, I haven't even gotten to your second, your, your, the center position yet, which I've been harping on for days now. That yeah, I didn't address it in the off season last year. You threw Dylan Cousins into a situation he clearly shouldn't be in right now as your second line center, and they aren't producing. They aren't. Not to the level you want your second line to. So what mm -hmm. do you do? I got that, that team up and down. If all those players are open for business, you're Brock Besser, you're Bo Harvat, you're Jake. I mean, I don't want anything to do with JT Miller after you signed that contract. No, thank you. Nope. But yeah, I mean, that's kind of the rub there is that they know they're open for business, but I don't, in this hypothetical scenario, I just don't see how they retain any salary on Tyler Myers, especially this early in the season. So ultimately, you'd want them to throw in some kind of sweetener where it's like, yes, we're getting somebody to somebody with a pulse who might be better than what we've got in our bottom sit in our, the bottom two pairings. But we'd need something else that even if that becomes the worst fucking thing we've done this year, that there's something else. And you know, I've heard a lot of people say some halfway decent things about Nils Nils Hoglander. I don't know. Maybe there's something there. Maybe there's something that's happening there that I just can't see, but I don't know. Uh, but yeah, they got, they got to, they got to start tapping the well. They got to see who's got something to give up and who, yeah. I mean, I mean, this is honestly going to be the real test of how well Kevin Adams can trade, because I think it's pretty obvious at this point that there is a 
legitimate need. And, you know, ultimately uh, negotiations are going to be well within the other team's hands. So, uh, you know, he's got to do what he can to not get better over a barrel in those conversations yeah. that he's always eager about having. But again, brings me back to the you could have had Mike Riley for $3 million for fucking nothing. Yeah. For I apologize. To step, I had to step away for a second. Uh, my girlfriend was calling with the, how bad the roads are. I didn't want to ignore. Um, so, uh, yeah, I, for, listen, Mike Riley, Ethan Bear, that's all fine and Danny could have, would have, should have, but we don't have them right now. And clearly Kevin Adams isn't interested. And we're, we can keep beating that drum all we want. We can keep tweeting. Could have had Mike Riley. Mike Riley would have helped us. But Mike Riley isn't here. He's in Providence right now. Uh, and I don't see Kevin Adams trading for the same guy he could have had for free a week ago. So with that being said, what do you, again, we have to do something. If it's not Vancouver, who is it with? Because if you're Kevin Adams and you're a, 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 a GM that's purely interested in winning this season, like you said you were to start the season, then you need to do something. Because you, know, you just can't expect Samuelson to come back. Oh, no, shit, everything's fixed. We got Matthias back. Like, no. He's just one guy on your blue line. He's out there for 20 minutes a night. Okay, what about the other 40? We're just gonna put that all on Darlene and 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 power. Who's gonna who's gonna stay with power? That's a joke. You have to go make a deal. It has to happen. Yoki, how are you in it, man? He's not. He should get no. no more than 15 minutes a night, if that. You know, on your as a you third pairing defenseman. And with the way he played tonight, he shouldn't even be in the NHL. Um, I keep believing Rakeem Davis's comment up here because it, it really does feel like they've forgotten how to win. And I just, you know, what's it going to take? You know, you've you, you played some, against some of the worst uh, competition the league has to offer outside of yourself. You know, you've lost to that. You played against one of the best teams in the league and your division tonight, hoping that maybe you could play up to the competition like you have in the past. You certainly didn't do that. So what, 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 to, what do you do next? Like, I don't know. Like, I just, you, you have to shake things up. You have to send the message. And as, as a GM, that is Kevin Adams' job. And claiming Tyson Yost from, from Minnesota today is not the answer. Not the answer. No. And, you know, uh, I was thinking about teams that are kind of in cap hell. And uh, I was uh, briefly reminded that uh, the Minnesota Wild have to pay off anywhere from $6 million to $7 million in buyout cap penalties for uh, buying out the Zach Parise and Ryan Suter contracts. This year they're paying out 6.37 on each, uh, 23-24 and 24-25, 7.3 for each player. So that's just $14 million that they just have to piss out the window because yep. they bought out those deals. Um you know, it's a shame that Matt Dumba only has one year left because, I mean, after this is UFA, he can just walk away. Uh, but, you know, maybe they don't, maybe he doesn't want to feel like a fucking idiot and get nothing for him uh, when he yeah. can just, you know, test free agency this summer because we've seen that happen a thousand times. Uh, I don't know. Maybe, maybe they'd be willing to take $6 million off their books for a year. I don't know. And I, we all see Matt Dumba play that physical game, a little bit of that uh, sandpaper that, you know, the old heads love, but you know, he's ultimately, uh, yeah, it's something, it's something new. And honestly, it's something with four less years on it than Tyler Myers. Yeah. So I don't know, maybe there's something there, but yeah, ultimately you got to start finding some cap strap teams and you got to start making some fucking phone calls 
And again, this, no this, one's this asking is a huge... you to go make a huge splash either. Like you don't have to go out and find Quinn Hughes, you know, just throwing yeah. a name out there because we just talking about Vancouver. Well, you everyone talks to Jacob make... Chikrin. Yeah, yeah, we don't, I mean? like, we, we I... don't need to give them the five firsts package. Yeah, whatever the package, it's it's absurd. Yeah. But it's clearly going to be, be going to be less now because you're half, almost you're a quarter way in the season and you, he's still there. So like you're, you can't tell me that guy isn't going to help your lineup at the right price. And again, you don't need a, a top pairing defenseman. You've got your top pair set when Samuelson gets back in Darlene and Darlene and and Samuelson. But for fuck's sakes, find a guy to play on your second pairing, and, and you could comfortably have. Henry down on your third pairing with whomever it is, with whomever it is. Yeah. So I just, I, you know, what's the holdup here? Like, why are we sitting here with all this cap space that you can weaponize, especially in an era where the cap hasn't really gone up in the last three years. It's going to go up again next year. Hopefully I, I, I'm assuming they expect it to, but like start weaponizing this stuff. Like for fuck's sakes, don't just sit here, you know, you know, with your your hands tied behind your back because you're worried about when you're paid Darlene. You pay Darlene whatever he wants, one thousand percent. But how much money is realistically is Dylan Cousins going to cost you on his next contract? Not a lot. You already got freaking Tage Thompson on possibly the steal steal the league. You know, if he keeps playing like this, it's going to be much like what you had with Nathan McKinnon in Colorado. You have Samuelson on an unbelievably team friendly deal. So who are you paying? Explain to me, who are you paying after Darlene that you have to be so worried about? Who? Do you know? Because I don't. Talk yeah. sign, uh, sign for the next couple of years. You're not paying him. Yeah, I mean, uh, next year, you know, this coming summer, Gergensen's a UFA. Hinnestros is a UFA. Yeah, the, the next two, the two, I guess the next two legitimate contracts are Dylan Cousins and Rasmus Asplund this summer. Those are both RFAs that need to actually be negotiated. Everyone else is either a UFA or they're Casey Fitzgerald. And you want to know what? You're probably going to have uh, Dylan Cousins because of his agent. Because if his agent is smart, he's going to have him sign a bridge deal, just like they, like uh, Darlene's agent did with him. You know, like, I guarantee you Kevin Adams had a long-term deal on the table. But his agent's smart. He's like, no, you don't say no to that. You take a bridge deal for this amount of money, and it will pay off in the long run. 100%. Like, I just, you know, I, I, I think of, like, Aaron Judge from the Yankees. Right? I fucking hate the Yankees. I'm a big Red Sox fan. But Aaron Judge had a very lucrative deal on the table last year from the New York Yankees, and he said no. You want to know why? Because he, he bet on himself. He had 62 dingers, and now that guy is probably going to make $100 million more. Probably. Sometimes you, you, these guys are going to bet on themselves. You're not going to pay Dylan Cousins a lot of money on this next contract. In fact, you're probably not going to pay him big money for another four years, three to four years. That's a fact. And if you're paying him anything more than $3.5 million right now for what he's giving you, then you're an idiot. You're an idiot. Just yeah, my opinion. Would- yeah, I mean, again, uh, with him, it's not for a lack of trying. It's just all this effort's not translating on the score sheet. I mean, again, he again, he's not doing poorly. No, he's, he's not just, playing bad. He's just not doing enough to merit. He's not, you know, a he's big, not, a big. He's not time playing well enough to warrant any type of big payday. Yeah, no, like, yeah, I mean, he's again, a four million dollar guy right now. Yeah, I mean, yeah, eleven points in seventeen games. It's perfectly respectable, but yeah, it's not something you. 
you know, back up the money truck for. No. Uh, and again, I love Dylan Cousins. So of, of all of these young kids, he's probably him and JJ Patek are probably the two I want to see succeed more than any of them. I, I'm honestly not worried about Owen Power. Owen Power will succeed. That's like just a scientific fact. You know, that's like about as certain as fucking gravity. Those two will, he will succeed. But of all the ones that I want to see, you know, exceed expectations, which are already pretty high, uh, it's definitely like Cousins and Paterka for me. Uh, but yeah, they, again, like right now, I, I don't know if there is a disconnect between the coach and the GM. I don't know if Don feels the same way that we do, that something does need to change or if he's still just like trying to help these young kids learn and play in the real long game. But like, event, you know, I, you got to learn sometimes by having to take a fucking seat and watching somebody do your job for you by taking them out of the lineup because you had your chance, you blew it. So now I'm going to sign somebody new, bring them into your spot. And if you want it back, hope to hope to hell that guy gets injured because you're not seeing the ice again until he does. And honestly, I, uh, yeah, when it comes to Casey Fitzgerald or Jacob Bryson or even Yoki Hardy. Joe, so Tyson Joe's work. Where's his lint, not lineage, but uh, before he played in the national, where was he? Where was he? That is a good question, though, isn't it? Let's uh, let's take Gander, see if we can figure. He it wasn't. Out. He wasn't born in the U.S., so he wasn't a U.S. NTDP guy. Yeah, no, I, I could a, see. I could see Don Granado wanting him if he had Saint, Saint Albert, Alberta, Canada. Yeah, so he's not a U.S. NTDP guy. Uh, nope. Which again, if that was the case with him, you know, one, you know, bringing him in, if Donnie had had history with him, then maybe I could understand it a little bit. But I mean, he's not a guy who brings a ton of jam to your lineup. He has a career high of thirty penalty minutes in a season. Um, you know, he's not a physical force out there. Um, it, the numbers say, you know, and again, in that lens of analytics, that he's a good. Uh, a good defensive forward, which is what this team needs right now, for sure. Maybe he, may, maybe he is a guy that you could throw up against a team's top line. Sure, I don't know. They desperately need help with that because once again, you were dominated by top end players and Marner, Nylander, and to an extent, uh, Matthews. I'm not sure how many points he had tonight. Uh, Tavares, I know, had a goal as well, but I mean, you, you have to find an answer for team's top players, and we don't have one right now. They constantly come into Buffalo or we, we play away from Key Bank Center and we get bullied around. You know, we, we get we, we get laughed at and embarrassed essentially. So I mean, this is this is obviously a conversation to see what do you do next that we have to, you know, have you know more time to talk about. But you know, and it's not even here, it's not even just the losing that, you know, I said two weeks ago, not even that I'm not worried about the Sabres. You know, I'm not pushing the panic button. What's making me want to push the panic button is just the eye test where there isn't the effort. You're not seeing the effort that you saw in October. It just it it doesn't seem like it. At least I could be wrong, but you you don't see guys selling out the way they did to start the season. Where's Labushkin been, man? Did somebody tell him he's not allowed to like play physical again anymore? Like I don't understand it. That's why that's part of the reason why he was brought in here. Yeah. I, it, yeah, it's, I don't know. It's entirely possible that he might still be playing with, you know, he might he might still not be 100%. So I can, I can give him a grain of salt on that front. He might, again, he might just be here because, you know, 
at the very least, Donnie was willing to concede that Kale Clegg is 1,000%, not the fucking answer. So, like, Labushka, are you, like, 60%? Okay, great. That's better than Kale Clegg. Have a nice day and send him back yeah. down to Rochester. So, again, I, I can give him a little latitude there. So, one of the, but one like, of the again, like, once, what, yeah, once he's back in it, like, yeah. A question is, coming from Eric Walden on Twitter. What's your ideal trade to improve this team right now and for the next few years? I'll hang up and listen. I love it. Thank you. Th- thank you for the uh, the shout out there, uh, Eric. Use the catchphrase. I, it, it, I think you need you need to bring in a second line center that's going to cost you something. A hundred percent. I don't think you have that guy right now. I don't think Dylan Cousins. You know, I, again, I'm beating a dead horse here. He's not ready to be that guy. Um, and you need more a, a second line defenseman, a second pairing defenseman, because you don't have that guy right now. You, the only guy you do have in that situation right now is is Owen Power. And once you once you slot him back down when Samuelson comes back. Uh, you know, what do you do then? You know, who, who's, who's he playing with? Can't be Yoki Haru. Just can't be. Um, and you know, you just can't think that when he comes back, you know, oh, at least we got the, you know, what, what if Darlene gets hurt next? Knock on wood, it doesn't happen. You know, you can't go keep going through this vicious cycle of not being able to say next guy up. Cause you can't say next guy up because they're not performing well enough to be the next guy up. So for me, it's a second line center. It doesn't have to be a big splash guy, but a guy that's going to, you know, give you the flexibility to slide Dylan Cousins into a checking slash scoring line role because that's who the type of guy I think he is. I think you need to, you know, shake up things on your bench with another assistant behind there. Maybe it's Pex. I don't know. I I, I like that idea of having him come on as an assistant and can work with some of these guys like Peyton Krebs, who has been invisible, Dylan Cousins, who disappears. Um, you know, work with these young guys that are supposed to be a big part of the future of this team and just help them continue on that path of development because this ain't getting it done, man. Matt Ellis ain't getting it done. Power play is atrocious. Penalty kill is atrocious. Those those kind of responsibilities kind of, you know, lie on the on, on, on the shoulders of your assistants. And they're not getting it done right now, man. So, so shake something up on your bench. Shake something up in your uh, uh, for your a second line, like a second line center, and shake something up on your uh, defensively. Those are the three moves I think that really turns this thing around. Um, I'm not saying it's going to turn you into a playoff team, but you'll start winning again more consistently. I think you make those three moves 100. percent Yeah, uh, boy, would be fun if we could uh, find a way to convince. Uh... <laughs> Bo Horvat to come here uh, in that in that package deal to Vancouver, yeah. Because uh, he, he's definitely a second line center. He's definitely done that job a bit. Yeah. And, uh, again, he'd be a fucking fool to re-sign with that team when he becomes a UFA this summer. He would be high on bath salts to do that. Yeah, that's a very I bad agree. idea. Uh, I mean, that's a pretty fucking nice sweetener, but maybe that's the sweetener for taking two more years with Tyler Myers. I know, like, you know. Send them, send them Casey Middlestat so they still have a center. And I don't know. And Jacob Bryson. I mean, it's, it's probably going to take you a lot to trade your captain, you know, and Bo Horvat, um, 100%. Yeah. But at this point, absolutely, you know. Uh, Bo, uh London, Ontario kid. Uh, I, I I would love to see him in a Sabres uniform. I've always been a big Bo guy, not just because of his name. 
guy has leadership qualities. You're adding a leader to your room, you know, 20 points and in, in, in 18 games played. Uh, like you said, a UFA. Um, I would want to bring a guy like that in contingent on him resigning hundred yeah. percent. I know there's been some issues with his, uh, with his health over the course of his career. Um, past couple seasons, he had trouble staying healthy. Uh, 70 games last year, 56 the game be- year before, 69 the year before that. But um, when he's healthy, he's you know he's a great hockey player. And you're telling me you can add uh, a 60 point player to your second line, and you know yeah. still relatively young. Too. Maybe gets a guy like Peyton Krebs going, gets a guy like uh, um, you know fill in the blank, you know whoever it is going. You know, because I think you're pretty much dead set on that first line of Skinner, Tage, and Tuck. Um, I wish that third. I wish Skinner's name was Tinner, because that'd have been a great TN, you know, triple T, type deal. You probably did something with that. Triple threat. Triple threat. Yeah, the triple threat. Um, but I don't know, man. With that being said, uh, you know, I don't know if you got anything else uh, for the, for the for the peanut gallery. Uh, for everybody at home, uh, we'll pull up some comments here before we before we head out. I know you guys have been, uh, you know, the guys like Mauricio and Rakeen, you're always here. Definitely giving us uh, your hot takes. Uh, Rakeen, I feel your pain, Dwayne, but they need to rely on people to score instead of Tage Thompson because he cannot do it for all of you. 100% agreed. Mauricio, Sabres lay another egg, eight-game losing streak. I smell a baker's dozen lay an egg. <laughs> this feels Thompson, only one battling for the puck. Uh, peanut gallery speaks the truth 100%. Shuffle the lines, Granado bench a few players. I don't disagree with that. Let me coach the team, let me trade half the roster. We have no depth, no character, no edge, no toughness, no secondary scoring. Um, if you can fix all of that, you know, I'll come, I'll I'll drive you to the arena every night. Uh, Sutter, coach of the year, yeah, you know, UPL is another player overrated, over uh, overhyped, just as cousins, middle stat, JJ. I'm not. You know, listen, cousins and JJ. We do. Listen, we do not slander JJ. Paterka we're not slandering JJ That that kid. We that kid has been great. Um, we don't do that. He doesn't have to score to be effective. You know, we want him scoring more often. But as a rookie in his first year, uh, you know, I am extremely happy with the way do JJ has does. played. UPL. I've been a big critic of UPL, just mainly his health. Um, not putting anything on UPL tonight. Uh, his defense been more atrocious in front of him. I can't really find a goal there where I'm looking at is like I I need UPL to make a save there. Do you want goalies who can make a save for you? Yeah, I mean he made a big breakaway save there after you uh, scored. I think it was you made it three to one. He made a huge save for you. Uh, it might have been a shorthanded breakaway, but uh, I, I I'm not putting this on UPL. Um, middle stat, please leave the Sabers. You're an albatross. Adams trade this bum. God, I love it. Woof, woof, dogs, garbage, puke, another losing streak. No one cares. No coaching, no scoring depth, no defensive depth, terrible penalty killing. Uh, Dwayne really Pagulas don't care. Learn the Adams is the whipping boy. Puppet Sabres are tanking boys. Ah, oh, man, he's they just – why does Dwayne love Cousins so much? Offers nothing, no scoring, no assist. And he's got 11 points in 18 games on a team that's struggling to score. Um, I, You know, listen, yeah. I, I, I have no – desire to trade a guy like Dylan Cousins. I think he, you know, he's, he has a lot to offer. I mean, he's only 21 years old, 21. So um, he already plays a lot heavier and a more passionate game than a lot of guys on this team. 
Um, I just think you just need the proper guidance for him. And I think that starts with coaching. Um, and again, I, I, I refer back to my previous point, bringing a guy like Pex, uh, bringing the whole thing full circle and have him come to the, have him come behind the bench and work with these guys on a nightly, a daily basis, because I think it would help a lot. Um, Jack Quinn needs to go back to the HO with Bryce and Fitzgerald. Yeah, he is just full of hot. Buddy, that's that's half the roster there, buddy. Yeah, I know. I mean, honestly, though, outside of Quinn, he's not wrong. Uh, listen, I have no answers other than what we've been given. I think a trade needs to be made. Um, I've never been an advocate for making a trade for being reactionary and making a trade for the sake of making a trade, but I think you have to do that at this point. I mean. You're, you're you're almost halfway to the franchise uh, record 18-game uh, losing streak. You're almost halfway there. One loss away, you're halfway there. You're sniff you're sniffing it. So um, I don't and think I we'll come close to getting there. I think they, they they you know who do they have next? They have Montreal next on Tuesday. Montreal, that's a game you got to win. It's a game you got to win. Is it home? It is the last road game. The night All right, after you they come go back, back home against, against what is the it, St. Louis. Yeah, the Blues on Wednesday, and then uh, the Devils on Friday, who are fucking yep. so, absurd. Yeah, um, that, that, that for me, that's you know, that's a game you got to win. So, I'll hang up and listen, Steve. If you got nothing else, uh, be sure to follow us at Dwayne S thirty nine at two G one M Buffalo Rome, and of course at Two Goalies One Mike on Twitter, Instagram, wherever YouTube. Uh, Steve, thanks for hopping on with me, buddy. Uh, we'll get this up on the channel along with episode 110 and the latest episode of Where the Buffalo Roam by tomorrow for you guys all to check out if you missed it earlier today. Uh, I'll hang up and listen. Have a great holiday if we don't talk to you before Thanksgiving, which we probably will anyways. And uh, go Sabres. Middle Stafford Dumbo, who says no? <laughs> Hey everybody, this is Dwayne from Two Goalies One Mike, a show where we give you a behind-the-mask coverage of the greatest sport on earth, whether it be happening right here in Buffalo or around the hockey world. Now you might be thinking, hey Dwayne, why would I want to hear what you two idiots have to say about hockey? Well, first of all, rude. Second of all, we're bringing coaches, players, analysts from your favorite programs from ESPN to Sportsnet to TSN. We're always on it. If you're a Sabres fan or just a hockey fan, you can download us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. And of course, you can check us out at trainwreckSports.com or the Dean Blundell Podcasting Network. Thank you for your support, guys, and I'll hang up and listen. Hi, I'm Logan Anderson, host of the Say the Damn Score podcast. On my show, I deep dive into the sports broadcasting business by, you guessed it, talking to sportscasters. The show has featured big names like Bob Costas, Kenny Albert, and Vern Lundquist, as well as many up-and-coming broadcasters who you may not know yet, but you will know soon. Whether you're looking for professional development as a sportscaster, different career paths, or if you just want to be entertained by hearing some of the best storytellers in the world tell their own stories, this podcast is for you. You can subscribe to the podcast on all major podcast platforms, or you can visit our website, saythedamnscore.com. Do, did, will, the Story of People podcast is now available on the Crier Media Network. The first five episodes are here and feature some incredible guests that fit into one or all three of those categories. Ready? Tara Sloan from the San Jose Sharks, Undercurrent Podcast at NBC Sports. Marianne Iveson from Iveson Voice and the Let's Take This Outside podcast to talk about the world of outdoors as well as voiceover land. 
Ariana Hunsicker, future Canadian Paralympic swimmer, already winning tons of awards for this country. Scott McGregor from the Hot Wallet podcast to dumb down the world of crypto, Bitcoin, and NFTs so you don't have to. And Jackie Holowaty from Climate Pledge Arena in Seattle, Washington, the first net zero carbon certified arena on the planet. Wherever you get your pods, wherever you watch your pods, and on the Crier Media Network. <laughs>